This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Father, we thank you for your presence. And Lord, we just thank you that you sent your word to heal us. Father, you sent your word to breathe life into us. And Father, we thank you that we are your prize, that we are your purchase. And Father, your love and your heart towards us is so deep and so strong that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. Father, we pray you'd help us to be bold and courageous and to be everything you've created us to be. In this moment in history, help us to be a city set on a hill. We're not orphans. We're not left alone, Father. Father, we're in the world, but we're not of it. This, this is not our home. We're pilgrims passing through a very strange land. So we pray today that, Lord, you would just do your work in our hearts. Ignite a fresh passion in all of us for you. Ignite a deeper, deeper, deeper revelation of your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Anyone love Jesus this morning? Woo, come on. You can have a seat for just a moment. It's a privilege and an honor every time we come here. We're so grateful. You know, when I said yes to Jesus all those years ago, I never, I'd, I'd never heard of Olive Branch. Olive Branch wasn't on the, the radar. I came from Taronga, New Zealand. Anyone heard of Taronga, New Zealand? Right, there we go. So you never know, right? <laughs> Amen. The message that I believe God wants to deposit in our hearts today is called They Overcame the Dragon. Say They Overcame the Dragon. Say it really boldly. Say, they overcame the dragon. We've got a bunch of scripture that we want to run through today, and I'm just going to go on through it. If you want to write them down, go over them again when you get back home. But we begin in Revelations chapter 12, verses 7 to 12, and it says, And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. And so the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil. Say the devil. Say Satan. Who deceives the whole earth. He was cast out to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Say he's been cast down. Come on. Listen carefully. Verse 11. And they overcame him. Hello, everybody. And they overcame him. Who? The dragon, Satan, the devil. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony. And they didn't love their lives unto death. Say they overcame the dragon. Say they overcame the dragon. Four dramatic scenes we see here showcase the battle that is raging in the unseen world today. In scene one, we see Michael fights with that dragon and defeats him. Scene two, the dragon, that old serpent of old, is cast to this earth. Scene three, King Jesus saves the day. Hello? It says, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Come on. In Jesus, we have salvation. 
In Jesus, we all have strength. In Jesus, there is a new kingdom. And in Jesus, we all have power to overcome. Come on. In scene four, in scene four, we see, and it says, and they overcame him. Who's they? Who's they? Everybody who has received Jesus as Lord and Savior, everybody who says yes to Him, everybody who has opened their hearts and repented of their sin and and, and been reborn into Jesus, it says, and they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they didn't love their lives unto death. Say they overcame the dragon. They overcame the dragon. The overwhelming theme in each of these scenes is one of victory, not defeat. As dramatic as the story is, as dramatic as the world is around us today, God's plan for our lives is one of victory, not defeat. Come on, somebody, help me a little bit here. Evil does not defeat good. Darkness does not defeat the light. But make no mistake about it, there is a battle It's a spiritual battle and also very tangible. It's very tangible. I'll never forget the the time in my life where my father, my Abba, allowed me to see and to experience the unseen battle that is raging around us today. I was 19 years of age. It was 1 a.m. in the morning and I felt like I needed to go to the bathroom. So I get up, and as soon as I put my foot, my little pink, my little toe, my little toe, as soon as I put my toe on the ground, this incredible, uh, uh, excruciating uh, uh, presence, like it was trying to kill me, came upon me. And all I wanted to do was get out of the room. So with one second, I jump out the window, and I begin to run for my life as this thing was all around me trying to kill me. I didn't see it, I felt it. And so I'm running down the road, down the driveway, up the road, and as I'm running for my life, I look down and I see this, my arm is open, blood is pouring out. I had another cut here, open, blood is pouring out, and subconsciously, I thought I needed to get help. And so I remembered four doors up from our house, uh, the owner of the hotel, we have a relationship with them. So I run to the hotel and I run up the drive and I begin banging on the front door, help me, help me. Something was trying to kill me. The next second I woke up in a pool of blood. It was cold. I was only in my underwear and I'm shivering in a pool of blood and that, 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 that presence was gone. Miraculously, I stood up. I figured I really needed help. I wasn't dreaming. And I go to the front door, the first door of the hotel, motel. I knock on the door and uh, uh, the sixth door opens up. Turns out to be a doctor. She says, it's okay, I'm a doctor. Same time, the owners had heard what was going on around and they came down the door the dog was, was barking. They came down, opened the door, and looked at me and says, Michael, I said, call the ambulance. To cut a long story short, I get, I get to hospital. I have 165 stitches. They stuck me in confinement because they didn't know what is up with this young kid. He's crazy. Why is he jumping out of windows? After one week, I get out of hospital. And five weeks later, the exact same thing happens again. 
Except this time I'm smart, right? I, I don't smash through the window. I open the window. <laughs> and I'm running down the road for my life as this thing is all around me trying to kill me. That night, my father had heard what had happened. So he jumps out of his bed. And as I'm running up the road, he's chasing me. He says, Michael, stop. And when he said, stop, that thing, whatever was around me, left me. But I felt absolutely miserable. I walked back to my, my bed, sat on my bed, and I just felt, I felt like I was going mental. It was not, I knew the power of prayer. I knew the authority I had. I was walking closely with Jesus. I had no issues there. But there was nothing I could do to stop this. It felt like I, there was nothing I could do. And so I'm thinking, what, what is going wrong with me? If it was not for the fact that that evening, my brothers were in the room with me, sleeping in the bed, next door. And they said to me, Michael, it was incredible. He said, in the middle of the night, we awoken to this presence, just this dark presence comes into the bedroom and it went straight after you to kill you. You jumped out the window. Say there's a battle. Say there's a battle. Say it's real. There's an unseen world. Say an unseen world around us today. My father said, son, we need to maybe go to a uh, pastor who can help to uh, pray for you for deliverance. Maybe there's something going on that's attracting this thing. We go to him. We spend a, a couple of hours with him praying over me. He said, son, there's nothing in you, around you, on you. This spirit was sent to kill you because of the call of God upon your life. Say, say there's a battle. There's a battle. There's a battle. Say it's real. In Ephesians 6.11, it says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Because we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. To be victorious in these last days. It's important that you and I understand that every day we all have got to understand there is a battle, but every day we need to make sure we put on our armor to protect us from the wiles of the enemy that come to rob and to kill and to destroy us. 1 Peter 5.8, it says, be sober, be vigilant. 1 Peter 5.8, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, who is our adversary? Say it again. Who is our adversary? It says, walks around like a roaring lion, listen carefully, seeking whom he may devour. Say may. Now the word may devour is very significant. It does not say will devour. It doesn't say he will devour, but it says he may devour. But in order for us as the body of Christ not to be devoured, we've got to have our armor on and we've got to be sober, we've got to be vigilant, and we cannot afford to fall asleep. We've got to understand the battle. We've got to understand the weapons that God's given us to fight the battle. And we're going to use that which He's given us. It's a spiritual battle that rages around us that manifests itself in the natural realm. I am so grateful 
that my father allowed me to, to, to be exposed to this unseen world. Because in 40 countries and over 40 nations that he sent us to, we have seen the battle at work in the world. We've seen the maimed. We've seen the hurt. We've seen the war that is raging for the heart of humanity. We have seen it, and because we've known and seen it, we have the ability to deal with it in the spirit over nations. In over 40 nations, God has given us the boldness and the confidence to walk into any atmosphere and claim that atmosphere for Jesus. We're talking about pubs and bars and clubs and underground nightclubs. I'll never forget the time when we were asked to go to an underground nightclub in France. You say, what are you doing in an underground nightclub? God is in the pursuit of people. And some, sometimes the people in those underground clubs ain't going to come to Harvest Church. We've got to go to them. We've got to go to them. I, I never dreamed of going to a pub or a bar. But when we did, when, when we did, discovered that in France, people are so scared to go to the church and God sent us to a pub or a bar and a guy gets saved miraculously, my whole world began to shift. But anyway, in this pub, underground nightclub, I walk in and the place is crawling with demonic activity and I look on this dirty, it's smelly, it's wet, it's damp and I look on the stage and there's a statue of Satan staring at me. My initial reaction was seriously intimidation. But the Spirit of God in me, come on, comes up out of sight of me. And this boldness, I just, we, just, we just ran into that place and we took that underground satanic nightclub for Jesus. Seriously, for real. For real. The pub owner was blown away. He had never experienced a presence like he did. His life was touched. People were touched. People came to know the reality of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 6, it says this, for, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Listen, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. Listen carefully, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. There is a battle for our minds in humanity. The level of mind control, the level of propaganda, even in America, the level of propaganda in my country and lies and deceit is absolutely overwhelming. And the only way to be free from the lies and deceit of Lucifer is to put on this armor and feed upon the Word of God. There is no other way to be free today. And the question is, whose words are we going to believe? My Bible says I have the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and nothing will harm me. Really? Is that for real? The Bible says, it says, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Obedience to God's word, listen carefully, obedience to God's word defeats the dragon in our lives every time. But we've got to bring every thought captive to the obedience of the Word of God. We've got to know the weapons. Say weapons. Revelations 12, 11 gives us three weapons that I want to focus on today. These weapons, I want to encourage everyone here, to, we are to use them daily. Revelations 12, 11, it says, And they overcame him by the blood of them. Say the blood. 
and the word of their testimony. Say the word of my testimony. And it says, and they didn't love their lives unto death. Not loving my life unto death is a weapon. It's a weapon. It's a weapon. In the blood, the blood, in the blood, we see the first weapon that God wants us to be reminded of today. Why the blood? Why the blood? What is so special about the blood of Jesus? Well, in the blood, we are washed from the curse of sin and death. 1 John 1 7, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the, listen, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. The curse of sin and death, listen carefully, is the number one pandemic in the world today. More people die from the curse of sin and death from this deadly virus than any other in history. But Jesus Christ is the antidote. In the blood, in the blood, we receive the blessing of a new covenant given to both Jew and Gentile. Matthew 26, 28, for this is, the, this is my blood of the new covenant, which was shed for many for the remission of sins. Etched in Jesus' blood, remember this, is a new covenant, not just for one culture, but for all cultures. Romans 1, 16 it says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew and also the Gentile, the Greek. This covenant promises eternal life. This covenant promises provision, protection. All of us here today have the opportunity to partake of this blessing in our lives if we will acknowledge Jesus and, and, and our need for a Savior. If we will repent of our sin and begin to follow Jesus, we can have this blessing in our lives. Are you with me this morning? Through the blood, through the blood, we are restored into right relationship with our Heavenly Father. Come on. Hebrews 10, 19. Hebrews 10, 19 says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of our faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I am so grateful that every day I wake up in the morning and the first thing I say is, Abba, I love you. Father, I love you. I give my wife a kiss. I give my kids a hug. And we, we, we have a happy household. Why? Because I've got an Abba I've got a father. You've got an Abba. You've got a father who watches over us. Come on. We have relationship through the blood. Say relationship through the blood of Jesus. In the blood, we are justified and we are saved from the wrath to come. Romans 5, 9 says, Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath to come. There is a wrath coming to this earth. 
God hates the injustice. He hates the abuse of little children. He hates the lies and the deceit. He hates double tongues. He hates it when we say one thing and do another. He hates the instability that is caused by people who are dishonest and not true. God made a way through Jesus for all of us to be free from that nature. But there is coming a time, the window of opportunity is closing where that will no longer exist. As in the days of Noah, so it shall be, it shall be. In the blood, we are saved from the wrath to come. In the blood, we are infused with the DNA of God. Hello, everybody. In the blood is DNA. In your blood is DNA. In God's blood, in Jesus' blood, the DNA of heaven was injected in this earth to the point, I believe, I believe that at the moment that you and I give our lives to Jesus, a blood transfusion happens supernaturally. That old Adamic blood is taken away and a new blood full of life and full of heaven moves through us. If you believe it, shout Jesus. Satan knows the power of the blood. Yes, he does. That is why all those who worship Lucifer shed innocent blood. Witches, warlocks, all those who have given to satanic religions use blood sacrifices, both animal and human. They believe the blood gives them power. But the power in their blood leads to slavery. The blood of Jesus leads to freedom. For over 22 years, in 40 countries of the world, my family and I have seen and experienced the power of the blood as we travel in planes and trains and war zones and all the different cultures and countries. We have been protected by the blood of Jesus. In 1998, I was in South Africa with my team in a little country called Lesotho. Lesotho was having elections and the people were a little bit aggrieved because they felt like the government was not being honest with the counting. And so we get there. It's never, never happened anywhere else before. We get there. We get there. And there's, there's, there's just this uneasiness in the atmosphere. We go. The ministry was amazing. Sunday, lives were touched powerfully. Monday at 12 p.m., I looked at the watch. We exited the country and drove six hours to Durban. By the time we get there uh, to our hosts, our hosts are distracted there watching the news. And on the news, civil war has broken out in Lesotho. Over 20 people shot dead in the town that we were just in. The, the border of the country shut down at 12.30 p.m. We left at 12. Come on, somebody. That's my Jesus right there. A week later, in, in uh, Cape Town, it was the end, end of the tour, I felt to take the group out and do have a, have a, uh, a nice meal out. So we choose to go to, to Planet Hollywood, right? So we get there. It was, uh, you, can, you can have a look, have a look on the internet. It was uh, August 28, Tuesday, August 28, 1998. We're about to go. We had scheduled to go at, to be there at 7 p.m., all right? Last minute, our hosts say, you guys, why are you going to Plan Hollywood? Stay with us. We'll hang out. We're like, okay, we'll stay. So we decided to stay. At 7.30 p.m., a bomb exploded in Planet Hollywood, killing, maiming many people. Jesus protected us. Jesus looked after us. Thank you for the blood. 
The second weapon that we need to be reminded of today is the word of our testimony. Revelations 12, 11, who overcame them by the word of their testimony. Now, the definition of a testimony is evidence or proof provided by the existence or appearance of something. The world is flooded with deception. Your testimony, my testimony, the Bible is filled with testimonies that give evidence to the reality of what the blood of Jesus has done for all of us. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The Bible is full of these stories. The Bible is full of these testimonies that give evidence of God's reality. 2 Corinthians 13, 1 says, By the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. Listen, the evidence of God, the witness of our God's reality is all around us today. It's everywhere. Lucifer wants to rid the earth of the evidence. He wants to rid the earth of God's evidence in our families. He wants to rid the earth of God's evidence in our schools. He wants to rid the earth of God's evidence in our churches. If he can stop us talking about the evidence of God and get us distracted with philosophical babblings and intellectual musings, he can remove faith from the hearts of the people. And if he removes faith, there's no way anybody can receive what's beyond the scene, what's beyond in front of us. But I hear the sound of rain. I hear the sound of rain in the midst of the desert land. I hear the sound of a new generation rising up unafraid, unashamed, ready to lay down their lives for the truth, ready to give evidence of God's reality. You cannot take my father and his reality from my life. You cannot take it from my wife. You cannot take it from my children. We will live the rest of our days on this planet lifting up that name. Lifting up that name because he's real. He's everything. He's all we need. My family are witnesses to God's provision. Last year, 10 of the 11 countries that we had booked shut down. Last year, we had a, a lot of our income source shut down. Last year, in the mail, checks came for $12,500 all that was lost was restored back supernaturally because our Abba looks after us. My Father, our Father takes care of us. That same Father takes care of you as well. We are witnesses to Him opening doors all over the world. We don't have to manipulate. We don't have to maneuver. We don't have to step on others to get to where we believe God wants us to be. He makes a way for us where there seems to be no way. He opens doors in all the nations of the world. We have seen God move in incredible ways in power to heal. The deaf ears have opened. We've seen epilepsy healed and all manner of sickness and and diseases healed. That is the reality of our God. That is our testimony today. In the blood of Jesus, we have a weapon. In the word of our testimony, we have a weapon. And we must not live or love our lives unto death. Weapon number three. Weapon number three. It says they did not love their lives unto death. Not being afraid to die is a weapon against the dragon. First Corinthians, as we close this morning, can I please have the keys? 
1 Corinthians 15, this is the first closing, probably of three, but I'll get there, all right? Are you all still with me today? All right, 1 Corinthians 15 says, O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Come on. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus has given us the victory. And in a twinkling of an eye, within one split second, we're taken away to be with Him. And all the stuff we accumulated, everything we had, will be left behind. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 7, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Why will they be perilous? Why would perilous times come? Well, the answer's right here. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Does this not sound like our culture? Does it sound like our culture? Does this not look like the world that is around us today? Sin, listen carefully, sin has caused the world to become blind and gullible. Easy for that lion to devour. But it doesn't have to devour your family. It doesn't have to devour your household. The dragon, this dragon we're talking about today that has been overcome, he came to Jesus. Say he came to Jesus. Luke 4, 5 to 8, it says, Then the devil, taking up on, on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said, Listen carefully, get behind me, Satan. What Adam didn't do, Jesus did. Come on, somebody. What Eve didn't do in the garden, Jesus did. It says, it says, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and only Him shall you serve. Jesus has overcome the dragon for all humanity. In His blood, we are free. In the word of His testimony, we are free. In His example, we are free. And He loves not His life unto death. Jesus' family is our example to follow. This is true freedom. This is true life. You and your family can live in freedom. Your husband, your wife, your children, your city, your community, online, wherever you are today, you can live in freedom if you will take up your cross and follow Jesus. Revelations fourth closing. I jumped like this. Fourth closing. Revelations twelve eleven says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they didn't love their lives unto death. Therefore, listen. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and all you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you. Listen carefully. Having great wrath, because he knows his time is short. Let's all stand together today.
His time is short. Say His time. Say there's a time for everything. Yeah, God has a time for everything. Lucifer's time is short. It's short. You and I are citizens of heaven. This is not our home. The dragon knows his time is short. He walks this earth like a roaring lion, snooping around, seeking whom he may devour. You don't have to be devoured. The church cannot be devoured, nor nor entangled with a yoke of, of bondage. It's not a time. Young people, look at me right now. Young people, it's not a time to be entangled with the yoke of bondage. What do you mean, sir? Stop posting naked pictures of yourself on the internet. What do, you, what do you mean? Stop. I'm serious. Stop posting naked pictures of yourself online. It's just my body. I can do what I want. Yeah, it is. But it's not your body. When you gave your life to Jesus, you surrendered your body to Him. And apart from all of that, Satan wants to take that and enslave you. Three years ago, I couldn't believe it. A pastor comes to me and says, he says, you wouldn't believe what happened. I said, what happened? The FBI came and arrested one of our young men in the youth group. I said, what happened? He said, he, 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 um, he hacked into the computers of a few of the young girls in the youth group and managed to pull naked pictures of the girls off and was using those pictures to blackmail them. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, that's crazy, but why in the world are young girls placing naked pictures of themselves on that? I was in Bend, Oregon just a few weeks back, and the Holy Spirit says, say this. I said it, and I saw one girl stand. I said, have you been posting naked pictures of yourself on that? She looked and says, no, I haven't. She responded to the altar call, gave her life to Jesus. Her grandmother comes bawling. We found her yesterday. She posted naked pictures of herself to her boyfriend. Ah! That was God who set her free. It's an epidemic. That's the bigger pandemic than any viral disease. It's murdering, maiming, killing, destroying our families. What is it? Sin. Sin is killing us today. As we close this time together, can we sing this chorus as an anthem to declare again whose we are, who we belong to, Because I'm telling you something, whether you know it or not, you were so valuable to God that He he gave His only Son as a price to pay for you. That's how much He loves you. So stop believing all the, excuse me, crap that's on the internet, lies and deceit, you're this, you're that, you're nothing. Stop believing all the lies and deceit and start believing Jesus. Because that's who you really are. Let's lift our hands and sing. Ah. Am yours, your prize, your purchase. Sing it out. I am yours.
you're here today, that after hearing the message and hearing the words spoken, something in your heart says, something in your heart says, I'm not following Jesus like I, like I, I know I should be. But today I want to make that right. I want to make it right. I want to follow Jesus like the Word says I need to. I want to follow Him because He paid a price for me. He loves me. If you're here today and you say, I'm not following Jesus like I think I should, we would love to pray with you, but we need to know who you are. Can I ask everybody to close your eyes and to bow your head? No one looking around, please. This is a serious moment. This is not just a cliche. It's not just something we do. This is something that's for real because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. There is no other way to God. There is no other way to the life that you long for other than Jesus. He is it. So the question is, are we following Him? No matter what age we are, are we following His Word? Are we being led by the Spirit? Are we living a life that is pleasing to Him, free from slavery? If you're here today and you say, I, something tells me in my heart that I need, to make a, I need to recommit my life to Him. Something tells me in my heart, I need to say yes to Jesus again. We would love to pray with you, but we need to know you are. Can I ask you, right now, just lift your hand straight up in there. If that's you today, lift it straight up in there. I want, I want to recommit my life to Jesus. I'm not following Him how I think I should. Lift it straight up in there. If, if one hand here, anyone, anyone else? Anyone else, don't be afraid. This is between you and heaven. If you're not, if you don't feel like you're following Jesus like you should, lift your hand straight up. Anybody else? Another hand. Anyone else today? This is your moment. This is your moment. Don't leave this place fully surrendered to Jesus today. Anybody else? Lift your hand straight up in the air. Anybody else? Can I ask everyone to re repeat after me? Say, Heavenly Father. I understand that when Adam sinned, that sin came upon me. But when Jesus came, Jesus came to take that sin away and to make me new. Today, I repent of sin in my life. I open my heart and I, I say, I have decided to follow Jesus. From this moment on, I give my life to following Jesus. Jesus, come and live in my heart. Thank you for saving me and setting me free. In Jesus' name, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back.
No turning back. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662 890 1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.